1: Welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's the most number of free throws you've ever made in a row?
0: Not 40. (laughs) Um, uh, I don't even uh, That's That's absurd. 40 for 40. That's even hard to comprehend um, that that's even possible, and it's obviously very hard to do. No other team has done it. Um, but just really, really impressive that they they even got to that number.
1: Yeah, I think I'm maybe like a dozen. I know I've done you know like sometimes you shoot ten in a row when you end like a whatever sh- when you're shooting around. Uh, definitely made all ten of those in a row before, but yeah. Um, I, I feel like I. So what was Jimmy? What was he final? What was his final number? 23 twenty three or twenty
0: three. Twenty three or twenty three. That's pretty crazy. That's that is the second most made free throws in a game without a miss. Yeah. James Harden, of course, number one, of course,
1: 24, sure. 24 of 24. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wild heat win, obviously on, um, Tuesday night. Uh, we're talking Wednesday, uh, afternoon, uh, heat are off today, back at it for a couple of big games this weekend, uh, against the bucks, um, a two games in three days here in Miami against, uh, one of the top teams in the league. Um, but last night the he. Uh, you know, so every every once in a while we come on and there's a game worth kind of diving a little deep on. And I, I think even though it was just against the Thunder last night, um, one, because of the historic nature of the win, the record-setting nature of the win, 40 for 40, as you said, um, most ever free throws made uh, without a miss in an NBA game. Um, and the fact that, you know, I know it's just the Thunder, but they got it done with pretty much no one available other than Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, big Jamal Kane, a big Jamal Kane shot down the stretch. Um, you know, it was kind of it was a little bit of a throwback to what um I think was so fun about the Heat season last year, right? Where it just felt like no matter who was out there they could pull out wins that they basically don't deserve to. Um and then also it was obviously a glimpse of uh playoff Jimmy, basically, right? Like that was a reminder of what what this team, you know, it's honestly similar to, to some of the playoff games last year where, uh, really over the last couple of years, but last year obviously they were really banged up in the playoffs and there were games that were only competitive because of Jimmy's individual excellence. Game three in Boston, was it was game three or game four in Boston, where Jimmy basically uh, single-handedly won that game. Um, Anthony, what was uh what was the vibe after that game? They seemed pretty excited about that one.
0: Yeah, I mean... Without four starters,
1: yeah, nine that's available. like that's like at the point where again, like I said, I've I've uh, caveated it a few times. It's just the Thunder, but when you're missing four starters, like it's that's a game that you're kind of chalking up as a loss at any point for most. Yeah, teams. I guess
0: it doesn't matter who you're playing.
1: As yeah, as they're NBA. Players players, as long as you're, and, you're not, an NBA team, and you kind of don't have NBA players available.
0: Yeah, when I mean, you're missing four starters and seven players and nine guys available. And for mostly in that eight after Deadman's ejection, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was impressive. And, and Spo always talks about, like, in these situations, and it becomes cliche and predictable because he always mm-hmm. says the same thing. But he always talks about, like, we have enough to win tonight, right? Like, I don't want my guys thinking about having to win four or five games with this group. Like, right. what do we have to win tonight against this opponent? And that's what they did. Like, this is not a sustainable formula, obviously. scoring going yeah. 40 for 40 from the free throw line and winning, despite shooting 39% from the field um but they got a win last night and that's all that matters um so i mean was it a perfect performance definitely not it was perfect from the free throw line um they had their worst half court offensive rating in of the season last night
1: Mm
0: -hmm. terrible in the half court and they still won just because of what got 40 for 40 from the free throw line so the biggest takeaway is just they found a way when they really needed it because they would have fallen back to 500 with two really tough games against the Bucks coming yeah. up. You know, you, you can't afford to drop those games against teams with losing records. Even though Oklahoma City is not bad. Like, they've been playing better. Yeah. But they have such a tough schedule coming up. I think 10 of the next 13 are against teams with winning records. So, they needed to win that game despite missing all those guys. And they found a way. Jimmy was obviously, obviously sensational. Victor Oladipo made some really big plays down the stretch. Um, the three... To cut it to uh, to to cut it to two, I think after they were down five with like less than a minute to go, Old uh, well, put a pull up three. Then he got the steal after the missed free throw from Oklahoma City, sprinted up the court, found Jimmy in the post for the and one, that won the one that heat the game. Um, so just really big plays from Jimmy, Victor, Max, Drews, 22 mm-hmm. points stepped up into a bigger role. So, you know, defensively they were solid, forced 19 turnovers. They did what they did on that. They you know they did what they do with that end. Offensively they were not good. But again, the free throw saved
1: them. Yeah. I'm not sure there's a whole lot left to like talk about with the free throws other than like that was incredible. But I'm curious because obviously on the broadcast, they are, you know, they're keeping you aware of it. I'm curious, like when in the building, um, obviously you guys have the stat monitors right in front yeah. of you. um, And you're you're sitting next to usually like Ira Winderman and Tim Reynolds and you guys are talking most of the game. But well, at what point did you guys kind of realize like, oh, my God, these guys are like having one of the best free throw performances Anyone has ever had an NBA history.
0: Well, honestly, like I knew they were having a really good free throw shooting performance, um, like for much of the whole game. When I saw Jimmy was like 14 for 14 in the first half, I'm like, what the heck? Like,
1: this is yeah. it's
0: crazy. Um, but I didn't know they were good, like getting close to an NBA record. until I went down to the interview room, like midway through the fourth quarter, as I usually do, to file my story. And Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press was there. Because
1: uh, the staff podcast regular, head, we should say. Yes.
0: And he, and I said and he said, You know what they're you know what they're getting close to? And I said what? He said, I can't say because I don't want to jinx it, but you can you can imagine. And at that point I knew, and then he was like, Yeah, if they get like I think at that point when he told me they were like 34, 34, and the record was 39 39 by the Jazz mm-hmm. in like 1982. And there were like a few minutes left, so I didn't know if we didn't know if they were gonna get there. Um, but obviously they did, and that and one game it's just fitting that their game ended on a free throw, right? Like the yeah. game winning point was on a free throw and it was for the record, the fortieth free throw. Um, so that's kind of when I realized it was like late. I knew they were having a good night, but I didn't know it was, like, record NBA history worthy until, like, a few minutes left when I ran into Tim Reynolds. And he, you know, like you said, the NBA, the Miami sports stat king, um, let me know. Um, also, I, it should be noted, too, like, he'd have been a very good free throw shooting team this year. They're number yeah. one in the NBA.
1: Well, they've been, team. I mean, obviously, pretty much since Jimmy. Because Jimmy, I was, gonna, I was about to say, it's kind of funny that, like, Jimmy is like a team, you know, Jimmy's not a shooter, right? He's mm-hmm. it's like, it's obvious that James Harden would have that record. Like if you gave most people three guesses, they probably would have guessed that James Harden at some point on that, that list. Um, But Jimmy is not a shooter, but obviously he's so good at like, it's, it's, it's a reminder. Free throws are like a different thing. And Jimmy Butler's like the best at just the combination of getting to the line and making his shots there. Like he is in that, you know Harden's kind of in a class of his own, Harden and Luca, right? But like he's he's in that elite elite tier in that skill, not just getting there, but also converting fouls into points.
0: Yeah, and I, I was I just thought about this now, but like he's got that set free throw shot, right? And that's probably yeah. why he take, he's better at those set threes. He, like yeah. he he, be, he he he. That's when he started making threes last season. Was when he started like taking that little weird set shot from three point range. Mm-hmm. Um. And maybe there's a core, maybe there's a connection there. Maybe that's why he's such a good free throw shooter, and then he's better at those type of threes.
1: Yeah, um, Jimmy. I guess specifically on Jimmy, it was like I said, a kind of like a playoff type performance from him, right? We have seen games like like that, right, where it's nothing else is working on offense. Obviously, the bubble finals, like I said, a, a couple of games in the Boston series last year, where either guys are out or just like the defense is ramped. This was obviously a situation where guys are out, but we also see it sometimes when defenses are ramped up and Jimmy's one of the best, just make something out of nothing guys in the league in terms of getting two decent shots and making tough shots. Um, Last night was again, unique. It's the second most free throws in uh, NBA history without a miss. Um, He again, like not, not the best defense in the world by the thunder or, that the Thunder has, but, uh, still a, a, you know, just another incredible performance from a guy who we are now used to seeing this from, um, did you, so obviously he's the one, like we said, missing four starters, he's the one guy in there. Um, but again, it's, as I keep saying, it's, it's just the Thunder. It's not like this is like, um, the biggest game of the year for them was TNT. Um, I always, you know, I always think guys are aware of that, right. Even if they like act like they're not, Um, Of course. Did did you just kind of get the sense that, like, it was – not? I want to say, like, a big moment for him because obviously he's had much bigger moments. But did you kind of get the sense that it was, like, the kind of game that he was just not going to let this team lose?
0: Yeah. I mean, he – obviously he knows, like, he has to take on a bigger role and be more aggressive right? than normally. You know, like, he took 17 shots from the field, and that number – is deceiving because he also took 23 free throws. Right. He so really he really took like, like 20, that,
1: 12 more shots or like almost
0: 30 shots. Right? Yeah. Like that's just, that's obviously not Jimmy's usual like usage. Like he, he, you're lucky if he puts up 15 shots in a game, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he doesn't, he's not that you in a high volume score. Um, but he, he took on that role last night and he was obviously, he wasn't a, he shot six of 17 from the field. Like it wasn't a efficient night from him. And, and like to put it into perspective, Another piece of NBA history, Jimmy became the first player in NBA history to make fewer than seven field goals while scoring 35 or more points. <laughs> like, that's insane, right? Who else so, is on that
1: list? Is that a James Harden list also? James I, I, Harden's list I don't have it up
0: with me right now, but there were like 15 guys. Like, there was okay. a bunch of guys who had done it with like uh, with seven made field goals. Yeah. Um, but he's the first one to do six. I, I, the number, the name that pops out to me is Allen Iverson. I know he did it. Okay. But there were like, there were like more than like 10 guys who have done it. Because yeah. nobody's done it with six. So that's the kind of night it was for Jimmy. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the usual eight for 12 shooting you know, performance from the field. It was six to 17. But again, it was all about the free throws. It's him getting to the line, getting guys on pump fakes, finishing through contact, um, just playing his style. His like this kind of getting into the paint and using his force and, and power and this relentless attacks uh, uh, at the rim. To really just keep the Heat's offense going, because again, Heat's offense was very bad. It was only their second win in the last four seasons with a half-court offense running that bad. Um, so, um, again, just came down to the free throws and they got it done.
1: Yeah. Um. I, I guess bigger picture on the offense is that just uh, you chalk it up to they had no one available. That's why the offense stunk last night.
0: I mean, yes and no, right? Because you know, last night, if you're talking about last night, yeah, like they were missing four starters and like yeah. Bam and Tyler, two of their best offensive players weren't there. Like obviously they're not going to be that good offensively, but it's a season long trend, right? Like the is, 21st yeah. best half core offensive, offensive team in the league, that's not good. Um, they've been among like the top, the bottom five to seven worst offenses, mm-hmm. bottom line, off- like overall offenses in the NBA for most of the season. So it's just a continuation of a concerning trend. Um, but yeah, as far as last night, you don't expect them to put up this great offensive performance with all those guys that were out.
1: Yeah. Um, anything else on, on Jimmy? Cause I want, I want, I do want to talk about Victor Oladipo also, because to me that has been the, you know, it was obviously the game in, uh, LA that's, we haven't recorded. I don't think since that game, right. The, the Clippers game where he, yeah. uh, was maybe the best guy on the floor for the heat. Um, I don't know. Any, anything, any final thoughts on Jimmy and the free throw March and, all that kind of stuff before we move on
0: it was just uh, i want to also put out the four steals and the three blocks right just yeah like was, all was, the, 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 the free jimmy, throws it was the like four steals jimmy three experience. blocks just yeah total like just just like a complete all jimmy butler performance just everything he does well like nothing spectacular didn't make a three um just kind of grinding it out um so yeah, it was just a kind of the complete jimmy butler experience i, I thought it was a a very um Fitting way for the Heat to win when Jimmy was the only like starter. Right.
1: Uh, I didn't see because I, I covered the Panthers game last night, so I was not like locked in on the full post game stuff. Were were the Thunder complaining? Like were they was their post game griping about the officiating?
0: I honestly did not listen to it, but I do. I did follow their guys last night. Like, yeah, that's like, kind of what I was mean Writers yeah. and and I didn't. Uh, I didn't see that. I didn't see them complaining much because a lot of them were like, it was Jimmy drawing contact there were no yeah. fouls you know yeah. but yeah i mean he outscored the thunder 40 to 14 at the free throw line <laughs> that's uh usually the opponent will complain about that but i didn't see anything like uh you know like any huge complaints from that side
1: uh and last week you said the victor oladipo six man of the year campaign is officially <laughs> underway and uh his best week of the year probably like he's even better than he was when we talked this time last week mm-hmm. um I, I'm I'm buying it. Right, I, I'm I'm in on this, I think, now. He's for now a couple of weeks here looked you know, he's obviously not the all-star he once was, but there are the glimpses and they clearly trust him late in games. Um, you know, not just last night obviously, because no one was available, but like I said, some of those games out west, he was what he was playing like every fourth quarter minute available yeah. um for a yeah. while there. Um so I they, they clearly believe in it and I don't know, like, he's passing the eye test to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, at first, when he first returned this season, it was the defense, right? Like, he was making right. an impact on defense, and he's still doing that. On-ball defender, like, the steals he gets, like, where he he blocks, like, he challenges the shot at the rim and just kind of steals the ball away at the same time. Yeah. It, he's he's an unbelievable defender. It's kind yeah. of crazy. Like, I feel like we kind of forgot how good of an, on, just an on-ball, point-of-attack defender he is, Um, his length. His lateral quickness, um, his ability to be disruptive. You have him and Jimmy out there in the perimeter. Mm-hmm. That's dynamic. Um, so he's definitely added something on that side. And then offensively, you see his offensive game coming around the last week, two weeks or so. Just finding his rhythm. Um, it's been impressive. Like the blow buys, he's you know he's yeah, getting. Yeah, he's to the rim. getting.
1: You know, he felt like early on he was settling for jumpers yeah. four, right? But he seems to have. Again, not the full all star right. package back, but he's got some of that burst again, where he's getting to the rim. Yeah, and it's he just, just we didn't see that really for like a year, basically.
0: Yeah, no, it's that's that's been the most encouraging thing to me about his offensive game is that he's been able to get to the rim pretty consistently the last few weeks. Um, obviously he's also shooting the three ball pretty well lately too, which is a bonus for him. Yeah, right? and and when he's in the game, like he's also acting as a as, a, as the Kind of the, the the initiator. Like they're not using him, they're using him on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um a lot, even in the Tyler Hero lineups, like Victor Lodipo is running at point guard pretty much. Um he has how many assists? I'm counting here in my head. 21 assists in the last five his last five games. Um you know turn, there's been some turnovers, but he he's, he's 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 kind of checking a few boxes that he needs on the offensive end. Not only as a scorer, as a guy who could put pressure on the rim. But also as a facilitator and taking some pressure off of Jimmy, Tyler, Bam uh, in those areas. So yeah, he needed this. They needed an an extra guy to provide this type of two-way play. Um, And you know, there were questions of whether Victor could even do this after what he's been through. Um, But so far, from what we've seen, and it looks like he's continuing to get even more comfortable. um, It's really, really encouraging, and maybe the, the like the most important development of the season. You know, other than like Bam and Tyler's um leap that they've made.
1: Yeah, I think like the, the most important if you're looking at where this team was uh <laughs> kind of in the first month of the year where things didn't look great to now, where you know, they're still hovering around five hundred, but um you know, like like we said, it feels like they've stabilized for a little bit here. You know, had a pretty good West Coast trip. Um the Victor Oladipo mid season development is the biggest The biggest development, I think. Um, The like you said, the the Tyler Bam thing has been. They've been. It's been like, all right, they've made this leap, and it's still not working for the Heat. What needs to happen next? Well, what happened next is is Victor Oladipo has turned into. um, You know, I don't think he's gonna. Maybe he'll seriously contend for Sixth Man of the Year. I don't know. Like we've got what 40 games left, but like he's turned (laughs) into legitimately one of the best sixth men in the year of six men in the NBA this year. Um, and you know, it, it's similar, but like Tyler here, remember he used to always play all those fourth quarter minutes, even when he was a bench guy they're you know, clearly kind of doing something similar with, with Oladipo right now.
0: Yeah. I think if you would, you know, he wouldn't have missed that time to be in the season. he yeah. Definitely would be in the right. Run. Yeah. That's it, the
1: thing. He's missed time. And that's probably what's going to hurt him in that race more yeah. than anything.
0: But when he just consider like in a vacuum, his two way play and what he's produced, like I think he's, I'm doing the math. After we were talking last. I think seven or eight games of plus plus twenty. He only has one negative plus minus in that stretch. Like his minutes have been positive. Um, again, the steals, the on-ball defense, the point of attack defense, the points, the three-point shooting, get to the rim, but facilitating. He's getting, you know, five to seven rebounds a game. Um, and maybe again another encouraging thing is he's playing over thirty minutes consistently. Yeah. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five of the last six games played thirty plus minutes. Um, so that's really, really a good sign. He hasn't played in the back-to-back yet. The Heat don't have a back-to-back until next month, mm-hmm. so we'll see if he kind of checks that box off. Because I don't think he's played in the back-to-back yet with the Heat since he joined them, um, because of all the injuries he's, he's had to deal with. So that's like maybe something else, like on the on the list of things he has to do um, for us to feel like he's fully back. Um, but for the most part, um, better than anybody could have imagined. And just you know, he just returned a month ago, pretty much, and. He's already made a huge difference and really, honestly, like won them a few games. Like last yeah. night, I know Jimmy Butler was great, but without that victor three to cut it to two and then the steal and the assist to Jimmy for the and one, he probably don't win that game. And then he had a few games in the road trip on the West Coast against Utah where he had a team on points. Um, one of the LA games we played really well where he probably don't win one of those games either without him. So he's made a huge, huge difference.
1: Yeah, he is, um, you know, and uh, in some ways he I think we were all concerned, like can can Kyle Avery be the fourth best guy for this team, right? Or, or like, you know, we we knew they had uh Bam, we knew they had Jimmy as a as a top two and then I think Tyler is separated himself as, as number three. Um you know, Victor Oladipo, like if he can if he can be what Tyler Hero was last year, which, you know, they're different, obviously very, very different players where Victor's gonna do it on both ends of the floor and Tyler is you know, especially last year was kind of like a one-way guy, a, a microwave off the bench. Um, but if you can give them that level of contribution, those, those same sort of minutes, and like you said, he's playing a lot of minutes, um, and basically be like, this guy is our fourth best player, then that's, it, it really, I think, changes a lot for the Heat.
0: Yeah, and you talk about the fourth quarter minutes. Um, he's played in every fourth quarter minute.
1: So going back to like the since since basically since the start of the new year? Like right was the was it the entire road trip?
0: The he didn't play in the Denver game because it was the front end of the back to back. It was the first that oh, right. was the first yes. game of the road trip. So every then, game
1: since the New Year, since New Year's except
0: year. except for the Brooklyn loss on Sunday, because he got into foul trouble. He played six oh, minutes okay. in the fourth quarter, right. but yes, it was yeah, only because of, it was only because of foul because trouble. Of foul he would have played yes, right. would have played the entire fourth quarter. Um and he's so hit yeah, buzzer
1: Beaters, what was it the Clippers game he hit
0: Two buzzer I mean, two, beaters in that two, buzzer beats, two, two buzzer beaters. Two buzzer beaters. beaters. Yeah. yeah. Um. So just just very very impressive stuff, and it really could be. You know, I don't want to overstate it. Obviously, like he's still six man, and there's still like uh, Spo reminds us all the time, like it's not going to be, it's not going. His progression is not going to be linear, right? Like there's yeah. going to be a little bit up and down. He's going in a big up right now, but we don't know how his body's going to respond in like a month, right after playing all these minutes. We just don't know that right. yet. He might need a, a week off. He might run into a little bit of a wall. He hasn't played that much basketball in the last two or three years. Um, so that's kind of, unfortunately, kind of expected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, and kind of we're seeing what he can do when he's feeling good, um, This really, really good signs for Oladipo and the Heat.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think one of the, you know, the fact that he did it on a road trip where, you know, those are – tough right you're traveling especially a guy who's dealt with a lot of injuries you're not getting like the days off in the same way you're not getting like can't just come in and take yeah. a day off and get treatment or whatever um like you said we'll see what how it affects him a month down the road but um you know like you said still no back to backs but the fact that he went through a grueling trip like that a lot of good teams on that trip right um and not only did he have a winning trip but he was I don't know, behind Bam, like, the second best guy on that trip, right? I mean, I, yeah. obviously Jimmy's always great, but, like, yeah, that that I thought was really encouraging, that it wasn't just – it wasn't just beating up on a soft schedule on a homestand, right? It was it was a taxing situation, and he came out of it, I think, looking as good as he has in, in years.
0: Yeah, and he's and he's doing a ton of work behind the scenes to yeah. make sure he's staying fresh. Like, you see him before every game, you're going to cover the game on Thursday, David, against the mm-hmm. box. Like, when you go into a locker room – for pregame availability, he's usually the only one in there at his locker, sitting on the floor, listening to music on his phone as he wears the leg like recovery system mm-hmm. things on on like the huge you know I don't even know like the air things that kind of go around your legs that compression to yeah. help your legs recover in the blood flow. Every single game, he's there sitting for pretty much the entire pregame availability window of like 45 minutes with those things on. I don't know how much that's making a difference, right? And that's only one part of his regimen and routine. Um, But, you know, you talk to him and you kind of see it. He's putting a lot of work to make sure he can stay available and stay healthy.
1: Okay, before we wrap up, uh, we got to talk about the Dwayne Deadman situation. Um, Anthony, what the heck happened? I don't know. I was just
0: uh, listening to the Macarena. They were playing at the arena, and all of a sudden, I look up. Were you doing the dance? You uh... <laughs> I was not, but someone next to me was, and I was kind of laughing. Um, but I look up, and all of a sudden, I see Dwayne Denman rushing back to the little hallway that goes back to the locker room. And he flings a Thera gun onto the court while play has resumed and everyone just confused as to like what happened. And obviously the game was on TNT and TNT did a pretty good job of kind of capturing the whole yeah. uh, incident where it looked like Deadman got into an argument with Spo and a few of the other heat coaches um, about something. There were a few possessions before that timeout where that happened, where Deadman's looked a little bit lost on defense in the heat zone. Um, and we've, kind of talk about how Deadman has not been very good this season. Yeah. Um uh, just it's the continuation of a frustrating season of obvi- uh, season. Obviously Deadman looked stood up for himself with the Heats coaches and, and I went back at them and was there were some words exchanged and all of a sudden Deadman leaves the bench, heads back to the lot, you know, heads back to the locker room and flings the a Fairgun. Uh and is ejected because obviously you can't throw something onto the court, especially uh-huh. while the game is in play. And I would expect and probably by the time this podcast is out he's either going to be fined and or suspended by the league for that. Cause you mm. just, you can't throw something onto the court yeah. while play is going on. Um, so that, that that's going to happen. It's no a matter of how many games or how big the fine is. Um, but it's just, it's, I, I get the frustration, right. From Dwayne. It's been a tough season. He's playing through excruciating pain in his foot, which is not easy to play through. He's not playing well. I'm sure he hears the criticism. Um, he has a two-way contract player. Pretty much looks like he's gonna take his job, right? Um, and you know, it. Is, I'm sure it's frustrating, but as Bo said after the game, like everything before he threw that onto the court was fine. Like that's. He's like that's you
1: know that you know how yeah goes. you can argue like, that's healthy you can
0: argue like we can have a work I mean well the
1: the one of the big moments of last season was a right. pretty big argument that everyone thought was going to derail the heat season and instead right. uh they wound up being just fine
0: right but you can't throw something onto the court that and Spoelstra called that unacceptable um so you know we'll we'll see what happens here with him and and the Heat I I I did kind of learn that. Point of frustration for Dwayne was that they pulled him out of the game after five minutes. He didn't start that game. Orlando Robinson did that center with mm-hmm. Bam out. And then, then came in, played five minutes, and they pulled him out. and I don't think he was too happy that they pulled him out when they only have like nine guys available. Yeah, for sure, just five guys uh, after you know after just five minutes. So I think that's what he was upset about. Probably on top of some other things. Um, but yeah, it's just it was a bizarre sequence of events and. It kind of comes four days before, five days before it becomes eligible to be traded, um, which, again, is, a, is the kind of the next conversation I think we'll have with Dwayne Denman.
1: Yeah, well, like like you said at the top, uh, it was frustration, like you said, I'm sure, with being pulled out of the game, but it has been a frustrating season for him. He has not been good, as we've said a lot. Um, he's also been hurt and playing through that injury, uh, which... I'm sure he feels is contributing to, you know, he knows he hasn't been playing well. Right. He's like, he's NBA players. Even if they like, you know, they, they're getting scouting reports and stats and all that kind of information. He knows he hasn't been good this year, especially compared to the last couple of seasons where I think he was a really solid and nice surprise for the heat. Um, And I'm sure he like, he's like, I'm working my butt off, like playing through this injury and like, you know like you're gonna pull me out of this game when i'm doing all this for you so i'm sure it's like larger it's larger frustration like you said it's not just to do with one game um at the same time the Heat, you know again he's been really really bad this year and like the most the uh, in some ways the the single biggest thing you can spotlight of like why the heat have been much worse this season than they are last year just looking at like the on-off numbers is that deadman last year like they got by without Bam on the floor because Ded, Dedman because Deadman was a solid backup center. This year they're not they're terrible when Bam comes off the floor. And and that those are the minutes obviously that Deadman's playing. Um so it is like you said, it, they can trade him in a couple of days here. Um who knows if you know I don't know if he has any value, right? He's a guy well, playing through injury. He's yeah. well, yeah, and obviously it would be filler, probably, but like yeah, he's well, playing I'll through ta- injury. He might just be you know he's 33 years old. Centers tend to fall off a cliff eventually. He might just not be a good player anymore yeah. because of the injury and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 been a like kind of slow decline here, right? We've seen more and more Orlando Robinson as the year has gone on, um, and then obviously it kind of felt like we maybe hit that like the point where they passed each other uh, yeah. last
0: night. Yeah, I, I you know I think he holds some trade value. Not because of his play, because they've been outscored by 10.1 yeah. points per 100 possessions with him on the court, yada yada yada. But his contract is kind of basically designed to be traded. Yeah, he makes 4.3 million dollars this year, which is not a high amount, but enough, right? Like that's that's a good amount where you can include in a trade um, to get something in return. But the most important he makes 4.7 million this year. Sorry, the most important thing is his 4.3 million dollar salary next year is fully non-guaranteed. So basically, someone could get them this year and just waive him. Yeah, that's cap relief. Not have a salary on the books next season. The Heat, every team has a certain amount, like six point something million, they could include in a deal to kind of incentivize a team to take take on a contract like that. Basically, the Heat have that money available. Like they could, they could easily find a team that has space, trade them into space. That team either keeps them for the rest of the season and then kind of just lets them go at the end of the year, or just waves them immediately because the salary for next season is non guaranteed. So. It is a tradable contract, despite his play this season. Um, he becomes trade eligible January fifteenth, which is what Saturday, Sunday. Sunday. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Like, what I'm wondering, I, I have, and I've been given no indication that this is the case. But considering everything, like all the storylines around the becoming trade eligible in a few days. What do what just happened uh, last night where he throws on the court? Um, is upset at his role, right? Not just upset in general. Like, is he going to be back on the bench next game, right? Or do they... Yeah,
1: well, like you said, I mean, there could be a suspension. like.
0: Well, that, the, the, that yes, but I'm saying even beyond... The after the suspension, that, yeah. Like, or is there a mutual agreement of like, look, we're going to part ways eventually, like, we'll continue paying you, but just stay away for now until we find a resolution? I, I don't know. I've been, again, I've been given no indication that's the case. But it's been done before. Obviously, it was a very different situation, but look, Myers Leonard is one that comes to mind, right? Mm-hmm. Where what happened with him, he basically was kept away until he ended up trading to Oklahoma City for the, in the Trevor Ariza deal. Um so I don't know if that's gonna happen, but you know, it's something that definitely I guess is possible, right? When when there's a situation like this at hand.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean we'll see. It's like we said, it until the gun flew onto the the Theragun fell through yeah. onto the floor. Um it was kind of like a normal, like, yeah, maybe the heat would find him something, right? But like it was just gonna be like a little something that after the game Spo was gonna crack jokes about and be like I mean he still kind of did, like, oh, just another day and
0: the heat. That's what he in, said
1: basically, right? I, but, and I knew he was gonna say that. I was like
0: <laughs> window during the game and he's like, What do you think Spo's gonna say he's gonna downplay? And I said, Of course, he's gonna say this is a normal Tuesday night in Miami. And that was the first Literally thing. Literally the said. exact quote, right. Yeah. I know Spoh so well.
1: Um so yeah, it it's it'll be you know, like we said, they're off today. Um, so I'm sure he's uh I'm sure he's not off today. I'm sure he's talking to uh <laughs> Spo and Pat and uh maybe apologizing or maybe getting told, like you said, that uh, you know, thank you for your service. Like we'll we'll find some new place for you. Um same time, you know, as we've said, the Heat are pretty injured and can still kind of use him. I know well, like, Orlando Robinson is is better than him, has been playing better than him right now. But, like, they're kind of, you know, they're, they're pre- still pretty thin at center. You're one more injury away from Dwayne Dedman uh, starting games starting. again. Assume, well, that, so.
0: That's the issue, right? Like, they need bodies. Like, like you said, last night, the last 10 minutes with Orlando Robinson in foul trouble. Jamal Kane was playing center at 6'6", and like 195 yeah. pounds. Like, um, that's not gonna work in most games. So, yeah, that's the that's kind of the catch 22 in all this. Is like, again, I don't know if they they're even considering that with Deadman at this point. But if they did, like, they'd really be they're they're already are thin without Deadman. and if Bam is like out for an, another another few games, um, they kind of need him. So. We'll see. We'll see how it unfolds, but it was really just a weird, weird, weird situation for a rough season for Dwayne Dedmon. Like you said, the last few years he's been he's been just what they needed behind Bam.
1: Yeah, I mean when they got him at the, it wasn't even the trade deadline. They pick grabbed him off off the couch. Ages, yeah, like right? in, like yeah, in yeah, April, it was like, it was like in April.
0: Like Precious yeah. Achua was the backup center, and he was not good. Right when Precious Achua's rookie year, like the, his minutes were very bad. Yeah, they needed someone behind Bam to kind of like just. Stabilize the non-bam minutes, and Deadman did that for the most yeah. part up until this year. Like, he was basically, I think it was like almost a pot, like, his minutes were positive. It wasn't like he was just surviving those minutes, like, he was a positive right. when he was there. Um, this year, I don't know what's the injury, I don't know if it's just a drop off because of age, but he just has not been the same guy.
1: All right, I think we can close things out there. Um, unless you got any final. And, and, anything else? Anything else going on in your in your world? Do you see the new the the Panthers are teasing? You know, oh in my hockey God. they wear oh the, my God. They just wear those for warm ups. Like a lot of times for St. Patrick's, they'll wear green warm up jerseys during warm ups. But the Panthers, I guess it's going to be for their like Latin heritage night. Vamos Gatos night. Um, yeah, it, it sounds like you saw the jerseys, the tease. I- Oh, I saw
0: it. And and is that – they, so they're not going to wear that in games?
1: No, I don't think so. Games? I think it, the NHL, they don't do like the – I mean now they do the alternates like the NBA does, but they don't do like a million alternates like the NBA does. They're usually each team has one. Um, So a lot of times they'll wear them. You know, they'll wear purple jerseys for like prostate cancer awareness yeah. night or whatever. Like That's cool. And warm-ups. So I would. I think those are just going to be warm-up jerseys. But, yeah, those are pretty spectacular. Uh, the okay. Cup in the, the cafecito today. Cup. and The cafecito Cup. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I gotta get one of those. I gotta get the Panthers like the rat underneath. That's the uh, I want
0: one so I can get buy one from them when it comes on sale. Do you know when they go on sale? Like uh, I don't know, but I'm I'll do some line.
1: research for you, I'll let you know. Yeah, you'll be you'll drive up to sunrise and be uh camped out in front of the team store. If a hockey jersey was ever made for me, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wearing your Cafecito hat tonight though today though. I'm wearing my Versailles hat though. Oh, is that what that is? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. All right. Um, I think that 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 about does it for us. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, off for a couple of days. I'll be I'll be on heat duty. Um, for the Thursday night game, you will be back out there on for that Saturday. Saturday afternoon against the Bucks, though. So, um, should be a, a fun weekend at uh at the Heat's house. Uh, <laughs> I saw by the way, I saw FTX is like a new court. But I, I didn't I didn't read the details of it, but I saw they have a new court date, so uh yeah. Maybe maybe we're moving toward a resolution on uh, the name of the Heat's house as well.
0: I think we're moving closer for sure, but yeah.
1: Um it is just it's so
0: it's a complicated process. I was talking to it's someone It's so with
1: silly DS. to like look at it. it's still got the FTX logo on the court and um Yeah.
0: Yeah. The co- the county is in the lead, you know is leading this effort. So it's yeah. like Heat's hands are kinda of tied until yeah. the court rules on this and until then, they have to keep the FTX signage up.
1: It is, um, the is most, it is weird. It is the most like only in you know the only in Dade like cliche. It is that's it's very only in Dade for uh, only only in Miami. Yeah, only, only in, in Miami. Miami. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Like I said, I'll be out at the Heat game on uh, Thursday night. Um, yeah, you know, last time last game I covered was that Suns game, so I've had a pretty good track record of uh very entertaining. Heat game, so I'm um, hoping for another good one. Um, I always like watching Giannis, so uh, he's 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 a, a marvel to see in person. So we'll see if he plays. Yeah, we'll um, see if he plays. Because I guess
0: they're on a back to back.
1: Yeah, play. so they play Atlanta on Wednesday. Yeah, and, on and then obviously a day game Saturday. So we'll see yeah. if he plays. Um, but that'll be good for the Heat. Obviously, you really like to win these games against a good good team coming to Miami, especially knowing the heats injury situation could be complicated so um all right uh thanks as always for listening though and we will talk to you guys next week